0: The belief in the change that I read about in our analysis, I have to say, surprised me. I live in Dubai and I travel, you know, part of my job is to travel all around, yeah. I cover roughly 55 countries and it stretches from Peshawar, where we have customers, to Cape Town and from Muscat to Dakar. And I live in Dubai and so, especially in the UAE, I have to say that cash was still very much king. Until a couple of years ago, but then the pandemic is really accelerating. Well, the accelerating the uh, the rejection for cash. Go to a supermarket in Dubai, whatever amount uh, you you owe, and they will ask for some form of plastic before they they accept cash. Now this is linked to the COVID nineteen. Digital means of payments are more and more available, and the focus on uh, cashless payments is, um, is, is really significant in most countries now. I also see that the move towards m- mobile is a way of leapfrogging some of the constraints that infrastructure has been offering to countries in, in Africa and the Middle East. We've witnessed this fairly early when you look at M-PESA. I'm sure that you're, you're familiar with M-PESA, the, the um, mobile money operator, the initiative combining uh, Commercial Bank of Africa and uh, Safari.com that, that saw the lights around 2011, 2012. Well, we, we are the back-end provider to M-PESA. And Pesa is running on a, a T24 instance. Of all the payments and, and all the transactions are going through our dedicated instance of T24, and then that has changed the uh, the nature of uh, commerce and payments in Kenya. Almost overnight, it was a very, very fast take-up. And the fact that it's running on mobile technology, you didn't have to draw landlines, you didn't have to—you uh, don't have to maintain a very expensive branch networks. And very early uh, in the process, Kenya has been a very creative adopter of uh, mobile wallets and mobile m- money operations. Now, we're seeing, you know, since 2011, 2012, some countries have tried to... Um, to emulate the Kenyan example with limited success. What we're seeing now is, I want to say, probably a second generation or a third generation of mobile money operators. We're seeing initiatives in some concrete countries like Nigeria. Um, The Nigerian government opened mobile money operators like digital banking payments licenses to, uh, to three telco operators at the end of last year. We were blessed to, um, to win one of these uh, contracts. And uh, we're seeing similar initiatives in, in Ghana. Uh, Ethiopia is opening up that way. In Saudi Arabia, we recently won a bid with STCP. STCP is the largest telecommunication operator in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They were granted a digital banking license and they decided to, to entrust us with the delivery of their back-end and front-end and payment systems. So we're currently busy implementing that. We're really seeing that the COVID-19 crisis is, is accelerating the movement. I mean, people will argue that there were already an undercurrent
1: trend, but this has been be uh, really accelerated now. What does strike me as as strange though, one of your findings, building a mobile first greenfield bank is ranked as the top innovation strategy by 37% of MEA banking executives. Why would you need this to be a greenfield bank?
0: Creating a greenfield uh, mobile banking or greenfield digital neobank actually presents the significant advantage of not having to deal with historical data, not having to deal with migration or very, very complicated legacy structures. You also can focus your activities on what is most relevant to you, the type of demographics that you want to focus on. You want to focus on either Islamic banking or conventional banking. So and and when that greenfield takes off, the admitted or non-admitted goal of such an initiative is to actually transfer your brick and mortar operations
1: to the digital neobank. We're seeing this as a trend. It's gotta be something that has to be made to work for a bank though, in the sense they, they need to get scale, they need to get deposits, and they also need to do it cheaply. Obviously, the technology is the key here.
0: We take pride in in having the right tools and having invested considerable amounts of money in the last 12, 15 months. We acquired a number of very successful uh, companies that specialized in uh, digital front office uh, transformation. These companies offer multi-channeling solutions, but they also offer digital origination or client onboarding capabilities. They offer artificial intelligence uh, capabilities that can be offered to, or that can be combined to complete the, the, the virtual circle of, you know, paperless uh, onboarding and paperless origination. So I suppose that, you know, we've moved uh, the needle significantly to, to actually make it possible for clients to uh, open an account, apply for a loan. What is striking is how uh, committed some of the uh, Middle Eastern and African governments are to such initiatives. Uh, The UAE national digital identification is now operational and it facilitates the uh, completion, the the paperless completion of onboarding and origination.
1: Looking at the, the trends we've got in the Middle East and Africa, cash is, according to the bankers, going to go below 5% of retail transactions in the next five years, that's a massive change in a very short period of time. And we've also got these banks saying, and they're talking about digitalization, not just digitization, because there is a difference if they are concerned that there's a genuine threat to their business models.
0: I think they're seeing this, a lot of the clients that we're talking to are seeing this as as an opportunity and as a necessity to do things uh, differently. They're they're seeing that clients are becoming more and more demanding. They're seeing the take up of online commerce in the Middle East, which is spectacular. So people are more and more used to ordering uh, their groceries, their clothes online.
1: Certainly in the last few weeks.
0: (laughs) Certainly, yes, absolutely. No, and, and, that, that's that's absolutely uh, absolutely correct. So so the last few weeks have really crystallized and accelerated people's understanding that actually there's so many things that can be done, so many functions that they they thought they had to go to uh, to their the bank's branch that they can now achieve with their phones or with their tablets or their browser. I really believe that online commerce is showing the way and banks have got to follow suit. A question that I, that I was asked before is, how do you see government uh, helping banks deal with the COVID-19 situation? Governments pretty much all over the world and, uh, and Middle East and Africa is not, uh, is not any exception are offering relief loans some regulations are changing so they're offering tax reductions on financial instruments they're also inviting banks to suspend penalties we our technology is actually uh, extremely well advanced to to satisfy uh, these uh, these requirements so we have been receiving some kudos from our existing clients we are realizing that with our our product builders and with our digital, fully digital front-to-back suites, they can actually create uh, and accommodate and maintain those relief loans extremely fast. The onboarding solutions that we're offering uh, coupled with our artificial intelligence uh, capabilities can really um, allow a banker to run a credit assessment in a fully automated way uh, they can achieve high volumes and, and very, very fast turnaround times. So, And all of this is done with no additional codes or no need to buy additional licenses. So these are, these are initiatives that are really, really welcome, that are you know, new functions available to better banking uh, in the new normal or whatever, whatever the new normal, whenever the new normal uh, will arise.